everybody, and welcome to the Train Like a Trooper podcast. We have um, a podcast today talking about something that's very close to the hearts of everybody in the Oklahoma Highway Patrol, um, the death of one of our members that happened back in 2015. And the reason we're talking about this today is because we are doing a special emphasis these last two weeks of January um, on distracted driving and, and targeting distracted drivers and being on the lookout for them, issuing warnings, issuing tickets, um, because uh, Trooper Nicholas Dees um, was killed on January 31st, 2015 by a distracted driver. And so we're talking about that, obviously, something very close to the hearts of all troopers, um, a difficult thing to talk about, but something that does need to be that does need to be discussed. And we want people to know what the consequences are and, and how quickly this can happen. Um, we're joined today by Trooper Eric Foster and Trooper Aaron Nickel. And um, Trooper Foster, you were telling me that you were out of the same school as Nick Dees. Yes, we, Nick Dees and, and uh, Keith Birch were both my litter mates. Uh, and so I was very close with them and had worked very close with them. Um, and um, so that, that whole thing that night really hit home with a lot of us that worked uh, in Troop A and, and were around that area when it happened. Right. And so we do we do take it very seriously uh, when we see someone driving, you know, with a cell phone in hand and things like that. And and that's kind of why it, it really touches us. Yes. And and I hadn't mentioned Trooper Keith Birch yet, but you said his name. He was seriously injured in the crash. Uh, Trooper Nick Dees was killed. Trooper Keith Birch was seriously injured. As we said, this was the night of January 31st, 2015. Kind of take us back to that night and, and what happened. That night it was it was a busy night. I remember I was working in Cleveland County that night, and it was rainy. I remember it was rainy, and it was a little chilly that night. And so the roads were wet, um, and you know it was just a dark night. We had worked several crashes, and we were continuing to get crashes. I know uh, Trooper Nickel was you know working a crash south of uh, of Cleveland County, and it was just one of those nights. It was. And we had stopped. I remember we had worked a lot of crashes and we had stopped to just get something to eat real quick uh, when this call came out. And so Trooper Dees and Trooper Birch um, were investigating a collision involving a, a tractor trailer on I-40 in Seminole County, right? It had flipped over. That's, That's what they were out there doing. So and tell us, tell us, so tell us what happened this, with this other driver. He wasn't paying attention. He just was distracted driving. We, we know that from other evidence in the case and, and things like that. And you know, he they we have, you know, a lot of evidence that showed other vehicles passing while they had the lane shut down. And so we know that it was well marked and they used their patrol cars to protect the scene. And um, this individual drove around all the marked units and um, just where everybody was at working. We see that quite a bit. You know, when we're working the road, we see it quite often we'll, we'll have a roadway blocked, you know, just. This last couple of weeks, we've had some snow and ice in the Oklahoma City metro area, and we've had lanes blocked and cars will drive right up onto our patrol cars. And they we know that they can see our lights for miles. And it's just because they're not looking down the road for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's not just a cell phone, but something is distracting them. And it's kind of twofold, really, what we're talking about here, the distracted driving and, and the move over law really Neither of those things came in. He didn't move over either. So it's it's kind of twofold what we want people to pay attention to. Yes, yes. And and Trooper Nickel, I mean, uh, you've you've worked really close with this and you've seen a lot of this. 
uh, you know, with the uh, Highway Safety Office, um, uh, you guys have some numbers that really hit home for us as far as what we see each year regarding this. Yeah, uh, I wanted to touch on the Nick Dees and Keith Birch crash first. Um, the driver who did hit those two in court, it came out that he had sent 69 messages in his drive before the crash. Uh, so that just shows how little attention he was paying to the roadway, especially because it's said that his daughter was in the car with him. So not only was he endangering himself and his daughter, I mean, he ended up killing an, killing an Oklahoma trooper. Um, but to go off that, every year in the United States, over 36,000 people die on the road. And then in 2018, 2,800 2800 people died uh, due to inattentive driving collisions, and 400 of them were pedestrians. So that's people just walking, most likely on like a crosswalk or something when someone isn't paying attention and strikes these individuals. Yeah, and the you know that distracted driving that we see often, you know, I, when I stop someone, I see them texting, and and if I work at night, it's really easy to see because their face lights up with their phone, and you can mm -hmm. tell, and they can't deny, it, and they normally don't deny it, but you walk up to them, and they have this air about them that I'm in control, everything is fine, and it's that way until something happens, uh, you know, everything is fine until the motorist in front of me has to avert or or make some sort of movement, and, but I'm looking down and, and I wasn't able to react in time. Um, and so everybody thinks it's fine until something bad happens, you know, and then when something bad does happen, you know, I, uh, unfortunately I was at the hospital where Keith was at and, and I remember how it touches so many other people. You no, know, it's not just, Oh, a crash happened. It affects lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the night of that crash, I was fresh out of patrol school myself, so I was brand new. Uh, I'd been out a couple of months. It was my first time to ever hear us speak like that on the radio. You know, you don't hear these codes that we use of a trooper down very often. Um, sadly, I've heard it again after that, but that was my first time to hear it, and something that you that stays with you. And then after that, um, I did stay. We don't leave troopers if they're in the hospital. We have troopers with them 24-7. So I stayed multiple nights with Keith Birch uh, and just sat in his room while he was asleep. And it's nights that I'll never forget. And then also uh, going to the funeral of a fallen trooper is something that we will never forget. And it really motivates us to come out and work hard and to educate individuals on uh, inattentive driving, which inattentive driving isn't just texting and driving. I mean, it could be anything. I've stopped people for all sorts of various reasons because they're driving all over the road. And then I see that they have a pizza box in their lap or their uh, baby is upset and crying or they're doing whatever else besides putting their makeup on. They're doing whatever else besides paying attention to the road. Which and very really often causes. they'll tell us, oh, I was just changing the, my music. Yes. Or, yes. <laughs> or something like that. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, if, mm -hmm. if you look off of the road, traveling 70 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, and you look down and you look up, you've traveled. So, you know, so many feet and, um, you know, you can't you can't respond. Right. And, and obviously that's why it's a law. Um, Trooper Nickel, tell us about the Trooper Nick D's law and kind of, you know, what it says, what people need to know about that. What is against the law in regards to this? So the exact wording is pose articulable danger by driving inattentively while using cell phone or electronic device. And then in the elements of the crime, it says operator of every vehicle while driving shall devote 
their full time and attention to such driving. So that means if you're doing anything else besides driving, you're violating this law. Many times when I make a stop on someone, when I see they have their cell phone and they're handed up in their face, um, they tell me that they're using GPS, which everybody says that that's the excuse I get 99% of the time. But prior to that, prior to hearing that, I ask where they're going just because that's normal conversation during my traffic stop. And the majority of them say home. Where are you going home from? Work. Okay. And now you're using GPS to get home from work. And then now, now, you know, now they lied to me and they're breaking another law. So uh, we just got to take it from there. Well, and it probably doesn't matter if they're using GPS and it's distracting them. It still falls under this law. Yes. But people think that that's their their safety net. That's what everybody always says. Very rarely do I walk up and I say, hey, you're crossing the lane line. I also see your phone was in your face. I see the light lighting up your face. uh, And very rarely does someone say, hey, I'm messaging my wife or messaging my family or something like that. It's always they're using GPS the majority of time to get home. And like what you said, Trooper Foster, like people don't really, they think, oh, it's just, I'm just looking down for a quick second. No big deal. Not, nothing's going to happen until it does. Like you said, until it does. And, and, it, and very often we we work crashes every year that that I know of just in that Troop A area where it's a, it's a young driver, you know, a teenager that it's a serious injury that was a single car. Nobody else was involved. Uh, and we find out later it's because they were, you know, sending messages back and forth. So it, it's very dangerous, not just for law enforcement who are on the side of the road stationary, but just individually a single car. You could um, injure yourself. You could seriously. injure yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I looked up uh, a statistic off uh, the NHTSA website, which said if you're going 55 miles an hour and you look down at your phone for five seconds, which is about what it would take to read a two or three line text, not even respond back, you've traveled the length of a football field, wow. which it doesn't sound like that much until you're thinking how fast you're going and what everyone else around you is doing and what sort of harm you can cause. And how long it might take you to stop. Yes. Like people don't realize that until you're standing watching a car moving that fast. And mm-hmm. how long it really takes them to stop. Yes. Yep. So if you're looking down and all of a sudden you look up and something's right there. Yes. You're probably going to hit it. Yes. There's some other kind of, uh, these are stats from Highway Safety also on um, distracted driving crashes. These are from 2019. But I thought these were interested, interesting that um, by month, August is the highest month for distracted driving crashes. Friday is the most, is the highest day of the week, which I guess kind of makes sense. Um, it looks like between four and 6 PM is the, is the highest times. And then, um, it looks like males ages 20 to 24 are the highest category for distracted drivers and crashes. Mm-hmm. Did any of those surprise you? Or does that kind of line up with what you've seen? Um, right off, right off the top of my head, when you said the month of August was the highest, I had a thought about it, that that's, um, when school starts. Mm-hmm. So Everybody gets a little busier when school starts. If you're in school, you're busier. If you have children that are in school, you're extra busy because you got to get your children to and from school. You got to know where they're at. Kids have cell phones very young. So, I mean, parents could be trying to get a hold of their eight to 10 year old child and they're going to take their, they're going to try to listen to their children first. And that means they're going to not pay attention to driving, which I completely understand. You want to know where your children are, but you also have to do it safely. And then also just younger males. In my experience, younger males tend to be the most dangerous people on the road besides intoxicated drivers just because they take more risks. And that's just what young males do. And the divided attention, you know, uh, you know, there's so much going on when you're operating a motor vehicle. 
speed. And when you think about it, you've got a car going 60, 70 miles an hour, literally three feet from you. And, you know, what if something mechanically goes wrong with that? There's so much to watch and pay attention to that if you divide your attention and add one more thing or think about a conversation, all that, it really cuts down on, uh, you know, your, your brain process and how quickly you can make a, a decision. Um, and so, you know, we see that often as law enforcement, but I, I think a lot of times, you know, people just don't think about it because they do it all the time and they don't realize that. And that's why also it's important the move over law is so important as well. And I, and I think, you know, you talk about parents and communicating with their kids. I have a 15 and a half year old. So I think it's really important for parents to be a good example for their kids, you know, that are coming up on that driving age or that are young drivers to really think about that when they're driving and to not do it because, you know, your kids watch you. And if you're doing it, then they'll be like, oh, OK, it's all right. Mom or dad does it. It's probably not that bad. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. And we see it a lot with uh, it's the same with seatbelts. If a child doesn't see their parents wearing a seatbelt, they're not going to wear their seatbelt. So it's the same thing. If the if a child sees their parent constantly on their phone while driving, looking at social media or turning on a game as they're rolling down the road, then they're going to do the same thing. What is the worst, you know, what you're talking about different things that people do when you see distracted driving? What's the most unusual thing? Have you had anything kind of unusual where you're like, you know, you found out, oh, this is what they were doing in yeah. their car afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> you got one? You got we, one we've got lots of different ones. <laughs> I know that we've seen working overnight. Trooper Nickel and I both worked overnight and it's just a different city in Oklahoma City overnight. But I stopped a man one time. He was all over the road. And I thought, oh, this guy's got to be intoxicated based on his driving behavior. I pulled him over. I walk up. As soon as I walk up, I can tell he's not he's not intoxicated. Uh, so I, I start to talk to him about why I stopped him and what is going on. And I looked over and he has a 44 ounce cup sitting in the center console. And he had been peeing in a cup, driving down the road at 50 miles an hour. And I thought, well, that, that'll probably do it. That would it. do it. That would distract and, uh, you a little bit. Yeah, it was. Uh, Did you not tell him, you know, you can exit off the highway and there's like things called gas I stations said, well, and you restrooms. Just passed a, you just passed a convenience store. You just did. And they have the cleanest bathrooms. <laughs> and so it was, uh, I, I don't know why he didn't want to stop in there, but he had his reasons, I guess. But. I guess so. Yeah, and we've definitely, all everybody who's worked tonight shift, stopping cars when they're all over the roadway, has definitely interrupted some intimate times um, with people, either spouses <laughs> or, yes, on the move. I mean, going 70, 80 miles an hour, traveling all the, in all three lanes of I-35, oh, and you stop them, and then people are trying to th throw clothes on or zip their pants up, and you're just like, okay, what we, are you guys doing? We better stop that here. This this podcast is rated G. <laughs> So we're talking about August, we said was the highest month for distracted driving crash crashes, but obviously we decided to do this emphasis in January in honor of Nick Dees, who died on January 31st. And I know we've reached out to several other law enforcement agencies, you know, across the state, say, asking them to participate with us in this. And if they have members um, that have been affected by this, because we're not the only agency that's been affected by something like this. No, uh, we see... You know, in law enforcement, you're parts of various groups throughout the United States of law enforcement groups. So you see a lot of things. And just this past weekend, uh, someone in a group that I'm in, he was out of his patrol car on a traffic stop when a car hit his car and it, and it ended up killing his canine partner. Mm -hmm. And that case is still under investigation. But if you depart the roadway and hit a police car on the side of the road and you're not intoxicated, you're probably inattentive, inattentively driving. And we lost, you know, 
a canine officer due to that. So mm-hmm. it does affect all of us across the United States. And that's why we're trying to uh, advocate that everybody comes out and does this with us. So tell us what, what exactly will be happening the last these last two weeks of January. Uh, the Oklahoma Highway Patrol and other agencies will be doing multiple emphasis where our only goal will be to stop inattentive driving, either through just a written warning or a citation, uh, and just making contacts with people. A lot of the time, uh, in my experience, even if we just stop someone and talk to them and don't issue them a citation, they get the point. They understand when it's like, I know, me personally, I say this to people, I know you weren't driving uh, with you, or I know you weren't paying attention when you were driving because you didn't see me as you passed me. And my patrol car says state trooper and has a light bar and I'm sitting in it and you drove right past me with your phone in your face. And that shows you weren't paying attention because if you would have saw me, you would have put your phone down and you wouldn't have passed me. And then everybody that kind of like shatters their mind that now they're like, man, I really wasn't paying attention. I just passed a state trooper. And I, I have noticed uh, on traffic stops that the majority of the people that I stop, they immediately own up to it. You'll, you'll have some people every once in a while that'll fight it. But most people are like, yeah, I was. I was looking at this or that. Uh, and, and they're very apologetic. And I try to explain to them, you know, you're apologetic now. And, and you know, I'm glad that I was able to stop you before something bad happens. But there are people out there that are driving that, you know, might not get stopped and, and might not see the the importance of that until something bad happens and hopefully with this emphasis we can you know we can we can tell people hey it is dangerous don't put yourself in undue harm for no reason it can wait you can pull over the side of the road you can make a phone call you can answer that text on the side of the road stop it's okay and you know you're talking about it is up to each individual trooper's discretion whether you write a warning or a ticket a lot of times can you tell like you said like a warning for some people will probably be adequate to get them to stop that behavior. For others, it's probably going to take a ticket. Is there, you know, is there a way in your mind usually that you kind of determine who needs, you know, is it how, how egregious the offense is usually? For me, it's normally how egregious it is. You know, if you are all three lanes of traffic on 35 to the point that I'm forced to stop you right then and there uh, just to get you off the road before you hurt yourself or someone else, that a citation is probably coming. Um, and I honestly, I don't write very many citations. I'm more of a warning person. I speak with people, especially in today's times. I don't like to write $100 tickets to people. Um, I think it's $249 this citation is. I know that's a lot of money with what's going on. But if it's so egregious that you have to be stopped for your own safety, then a citation is probably coming your way. Is that kind of how you determine That's it? how I determine it and, and really determine, you know, how they respond to me too. You know, if they're belligerent and all of that, and I've, I've seen them violate state law. I mean, it is what it is, but we do have discretion, you know, if we think that we're getting our point across. And I'm the same way as Trooper Nickel. I like to talk to people. I like to explain what I'm doing. Uh, and I know most troopers do. So, um, and you know, that's, that's the reason for it. It's a teaching moment. And, right. and if we can, that's that's what we'd like to do. And again, just if we can um, bring some honor to, to Trooper D's, honor his memory, if there's a way that that we can have something come out of it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right wording, but you don't, you know, it's just a way to bring honor to him and his memory and Remember the sacrifice that right. he made. I mean, he made the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, and not to forget, I mean, you know, not only Nick Dees, but Keith Birch was standing right there with him. And, 
you know, I, I was in the trauma center with him, uh, and, you know, both of those men, you know, uh, deserve the remembrance, exactly. you know, and, and their families as well. And Trooper Birch is still a trooper with us today. Still He's still serving, still serving his state even after that. So the emphasis, like we were talking, it's not really like a DUI checkpoint per se. We'll just have the different troops kind of that, like you said, that's going to be the, that's going to be the focus of those two weeks, just looking out for that on the roads. Yeah, so it, it, it will be different than, say, a DUI emphasis or a DUI checkpoint where the goal is to find intoxicated drivers. This will be just certain individuals will be set to do one thing, and that will be to stop distracted driving. Obviously, if there's other crimes that are being committed right in front of us or other violations, they'll get stopped as well. But these, these individuals, um, myself included, will just be focused on this state statute and just educating the public on, hey, this is dangerous not only to you but to everybody else out here. Uh, we know this for a fact because in 2018, 2,800 people were killed due to this. Um, and that's, in my mind, that's 2,800 people that didn't need to die, and they, and they did. Our question today is one that we get quite often here at the OHP, right? So um, people have noticed that whenever someone is arrested or detained by the OHP, they're usually put in the front seat, uh, in the passenger seat of the car. Uh, Lieutenant Perkins, can you tell us why that is? Well, there's a there's a lot of reasons why we put people in the front seat. Uh, first, we don't have a cage in our cars, so we do not transport anyone in the back seat. Um, if we have, you know, someone who's combative or anything like that, then we'll we'll call for a, a caged unit to transport at that point. Um, but putting people in the front seat, I mean, there's all different you know, reasons why a trooper might do that. Um, one of which, when you ask someone out of their vehicle, and then you want to talk to them uh, in your car. That's very normal. A lot of us do that. And some of the reasons are, one, it's safer. Uh, if you're on the side of the interstate, I can't hear you very well. Traffic's passing by. Um, and it's safer for, for us to be in my car and where I can hear you and I don't have to worry about getting ran over. Uh, more troopers have died in the line of duty by getting struck by another vehicle than gunfire. So we take that very seriously. Um, second, like I like to work criminal interdiction. So when you have someone in your front seat, you can gauge their responses better. I can have a conversation with that individual and I can pick up on any changes in their uh, condition, meaning are they getting nervous? Uh, are their hands sweaty? Are, are they behaving in a way that is not normal? Like, like it's not like the normal motoring public. When you have someone in your car, it speeds up that process. Uh, I'm not going to waste my time. I want to make sure that, you know, what I'm seeing is legitimate. And if you can't talk to people, then you can't possibly narrow that down. Um, I, I feel safer that way. That's how I like to work. Um, and, and even if it's just, you know, you stop someone for, you know, speed and you bring them back and, you get a chance to get to know somebody and make their experience with law enforcement, you know, one that they'll remember as a positive experience and uh, send them on their way. So there are multiple reasons why I could probably do a whole podcast over why we do what we do. Uh, that's just a few, few of the reasons uh, we do that. And I hope it answers your question. Thank both of you for joining us for this special episode of Train Like a Trooper.